Welcome to Yelling at Birds, where a big, dumb, stupid person explores random topics that come up, digs into journal entries, and works through self-counseling sessions. Personal philosophy, growth, consciousness, humanity, and anything else that would have you bored to tears at a college party. Episode 2. How. How do we go about this personal evolution? On a recommendation from a friend, I watched A Waking Life. The animated film follows long-haired kid from Dazed and Confused as he travels through a series of encounters and observations through endless philosophical discussions. While each topic brought up in the movie deserves more time and thought than the few minutes it was given in the film, one topic covered by Eamon Healy stood out in particular. Here it is. of human development, you have to look at the evolution of the organism and then at the development of its interaction with the environment. Evolution of the organism will begin with the evolution of life, proceed through uh, the hominid, coming to the evolution of mankind, Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon man. Now, interestingly, what you're looking at here are three strains, biological, anthropological, development of cities, cultures, and culture, which is human expression. Now, what you've seen here is the evolution of populations, not so much the evolution of individuals. And in addition, if you look at the timescales that's involved here, two billion years for life, six million years for the hominid, 100,000 years for mankind as we know it, you're beginning to see the telescoping nature of the evolutionary parallel. And then when you get to agriculture, when you get to scientific revolution and industrial revolution, you're looking at 10,000 years, 400 years, 150 years. You've seen a further telescoping of this evolutionary time. What that means is that as we go through the new evolution, it's going to telescope to the point we should be able to see it manifest itself within our lifetime, within a generation. The new evolution stems from information, and it stems from two types of information, digital and analog. The digital is artificial intelligence. The analog results from molecular biology, the cloning of the organism, and you knit the two together with neurobiology. Before, under the old evolutionary paradigm, one would die and the other would grow and dominate. But under the new paradigm, they would exist as a mutually supportive, non-competitive grouping, okay, independent from the external. And what is interesting here is that evolution now becomes an individually centered process, emanating from the needs and the desires of the individual, and not an external process, a passive process, where the individual is just at the whim of the collective. So. You produce a neo-human, okay, with a new individuality, a new consciousness. But that's only the beginning of the evolutionary cycle, because as the next cycle proceeds, the input is now this new intelligence. As intelligence piles on intelligence, as ability piles on ability, the speed changes. Until what? Until you reach a crescendo, in a way, could be imagined as an almost instantaneous fulfillment of human human and neo-human potential. It could be something totally different. It could be the amplification of the individual, the multiplication of individual existences, parallel existences, now with the individual no longer restricted by time and space. And the manifestations of this neo-human type evolution, manifestations could be dramatically counterintuitive. That's the interesting part. The old evolution is cold, it's sterile, it's efficient, okay? And its manifestations are those social adaptation, you're talking about parasitism, dominance, morality, okay, uh, war, predation. These will be subject to de-emphasis. These will be subject to de-evolution. 
The new evolutionary paradigm will give us the human traits of truth, of loyalty, of justice, of freedom. These will be manifestations of the new evolution. And that is what we would hope to see from this. That would be nice. What struck me the most about that clip is when he distinguishes between the evolution of populations and the evolution of the individual. That's super interesting to me. That's uh, something I've been thinking a great deal about for the last year, almost. That, I mean, thinking about it and probably not making a lot of progress. Uh, that much of what we think of as the advance of advance and evolution of the human race has really just been the advance of human population and not the advance of what it means to be human or the evolution of us. So we get greater technology, but we might not be ready for that technology. We haven't evolved our consciousness yet. We haven't evolved uh, how we see each other, how we see the world. So the fact that we have technology and can see the world at any given time and have the uh, totality of our knowledge on this little device, uh, the fact that that's possible it does, requires us to be evolved consciously. So how do we evolve? With the knowledge of human history at our disposal, how are we still having the same conflicts over basically the same issues? How have we not evolved beyond war, tribalism, and into more cooperative beings? We've seen the rise and falls of all the great civilizations before us, yet we seem determined to make the same mistakes that have led to the demise of, of all of those past civilizations. I guess I should look first at what I think it means to be a more evolved individual, with the emphasis obviously on what I think, which doesn't necessarily make it the truth, it's just kind of how I feel. I think that a more evolved human understands that most of what we do and how we live, the laws we obey, the structure to our lives, even how we identify ourselves has all been man-made. Yes, sir. I mean, there's some concessions to be made in order to live within the societies we live in. And most of them are logical, uh, basically do no harm. The laws, for the most part, make sense. Um, I feel a more evolved human takes the do no harm and takes it even further. They don't limit that belief to those that look or sound like them. Man-made boundaries aren't limits to whom you shouldn't harm. They believe that man-made boundaries are only boundaries for classification purposes and not for uh, limits to our compassion. They understand that no matter what they do in their life, that their life has an end. They rise above competition, thrown onto us from you know various forms of marketing, from how we were raised. Um, I know it's natural we see competition in other species as well, but there's a lot of things that you see in other species that you don't see in humans because of our evolved consciousness. At the base, I feel a more evolved human understands that we are all connected on this planet, and the successes and failures of another are our successes and failures. And there's a mutual responsibility between the individual and the world in which the individual lives. So how do we get there? It's hard for me to pinpoint one thing that gets us there. I think one, giving one answer opens up the door to a hundred other answers and a thousand other things to think about kind of telescopically in a different direction. But I think a blanket, the blanket of experience is a good start. 
Like I said earlier, we now have the information from and connection to the entire world at our fingertips. We have all of the combined knowledge of the world in a device that fits in our pockets or the device that's sitting in your hand at this very moment. Using the tools we have readily available, in addition to the people that, communicating to the people that exist right in front of us, we should be able to experience, to experience and build empathy from many walks of life. The more people we learn from and experiences, experiences we have, we gain a more full understanding that we all share the human experience. We all share the human consciousness and any difference between us is merely a difference in learning how to translate that consciousness. I mean, there's no ultimate winning this game of life. There's only playing to the best of our ability while we're on the field and realizing that we're all on the same team. In the end, we all wind up in the same area. And whether you, through competition and struggle and um, various successes, you wind up in a coffin with millions of dollars left over in the bank or you get there with nothing it's still the same box that you're ending up in and I I would hope that the next phase of our human evolution will take that into consideration as we make decisions about the future of us here on earth right now and the future of our planet So what I will conclude this episode with is a journal entry, and coincidentally enough, it is kind of relevant to what I was talking to. It's called, What Are My Tears? Hold on your butts, this is me reading. It's called, What Are My Tears Worth? Parentheses or your prayers. Thousands of years of recorded history, and we still do this. I see pictures of children. Children with big, wild eyes filled with terror. Children who don't know where or when their next meal will happen. Children who don't know where their parents are. Children who don't know if the next bomb strike will be the end of them. Who don't know if those men approaching will kill them, rape them, help them or recruit them. I see those pictures and I cry. Every time. While I'm happy to not be so desensitized by the bombardment of terror-filled news, I'm constantly ashamed and angered that this is still happening and I have done nothing. I cry. Others cry. We send our thoughts. We send our prayers. We do this and the children keep dying. Populations keep dying. Vulnerable people keep getting taken advantage of, used up and thrown away once their use is all gone. They're used for money, for power, for religion, for the powerful, and on and on it goes. So uh, what's the play? What's the call to action? Do those of us that care continue to scream out of our windows at no one until our final days? Wondering why the rest of the world continues on this non-stop path of destruction? Page flip. I think we must demand. We must be louder. We must be more than the powerful. More than the greed. We must be more than the marketers telling us what 
telling us to want, to desire, to seek out things more than we seek out peace. No matter what we acquire, we all end our lives with nothing, leaving behind only the memory of us and those around us. What will the memories of you be? From here until our last days, we are complicit in all of the world's carnage as long as we allow it. Stand for it no more. Accept it no more. Ignore it no more. Support it no more. What are our tears and thoughts and prayers worth? Not a damn thing as long as the weak continue suffering. This has been Yelling at Birds, Episode 2. I appreciate you listening to me stumble through everything as I continue to learn and grow. I don't know what I'm doing. I probably never will. But if you know what you're doing, subscribe, let me know, send in any comments, ways I can make this better, improve this for you. I believe that it will just continue to get better the more I work at it and listen to it and the more embarrassed I get while I'm doing this. So I appreciate you being here while I do that. I'm going to try to do at least one one episode a week as I get started out here and ramping, ramp it up to some more when I bec- can become more efficient. But until then, I appreciate it. Have a great week. Monday's tomorrow. Party.